it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You bet it sure is. And we are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting as we always do from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who has never slighted veterans on D Day. Joe Biden last night makes it to 845 before finally sending out a D-Day salute as if it was a Facebook birthday reminder that you got right before you went to bed. Biden sucks. And you might give him the benefit of the doubt, except last year he didn't acknowledge D-Day at all. And if you remember, Kamala Harris famously acknowledged Memorial Day by telling Americans to, quote, enjoy the long weekend. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha-ha! Really is disgusting stuff. We're going to get into it in this hour, as well as... Some big media theatrics in regards to the January 6th made-for-TV show hearings. People throwing a lot of fits on rival networks. Journalism in this country is dead and buried. But we will try to revive it today with Lara Trump, who is going to be in the House, as well as Brian Brenberg, and your fine self, 888-788-9910. 888-788-9910. You know the deal on the show. You could be a Republican. You could be a Democrat. Be an independent, you be a libertarian, you could be a boy, a girl, a they, a them, a zeer, a non binary, whatever. Just don't be a. <laughs> that is all we ask. Happy Tuesday, everybody. I just got off the television set with the great Harris Faulkner. She of Faulkner Focus fame. She is, of course, the co host of Outnumbered as well, a show you will see me on Tuesday, June the 21st. Uh, excuse me, that's a Monday. Get, your, get it together, Jimbo. Come on, man. What's going on here? Have you ever had a checkup? I know. I sound like Joe Biden now. I'm over here haranguing the guy. Have you ever had a checkup? <laughs> really? It's not good. Uh, but yes, Harris and I were just having a long talk about all things Biden, about all things America, as we frequently do when we get together on the telly. If you missed it, we will be posting it on the Fox Across America Facebook page here shortly. You can go there and check it out. It's where we put all the TV hits. If you see me on Gutfeld or Tucker or America's Newsroom or Harris or Kennedy, whatever the heck it happens to be, we're always posting it on the Fox Across America Facebook page. What you won't see there, what you won't see on the big channel, on the Fox News channel this coming Thursday, is you will not see us blow out our primetime lineup so we can show you the January 6th made-for-TV show trial. Studio audience, loving it. Loving it, as they should. Let me just get you up to speed on where we are with this January 6th trial, okay? Everything gets a sequel nowadays, including the impeachment hearings that went nowhere. If you remember, we impeached Donald Trump after, after Joe Biden was inaugurated as your president, they impeached Donald Trump. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did, and the rest of us remember it as well. And what's going on this coming Thursday by the Democrats, by the January 6th committee, which is absurd on its face, is they have hired an ABC TV producer to give this thing more impact. Why? Because the first one went nowhere. Didn't end with Trump getting impeached. It didn't end with the American people polling to impeach him. 
It didn't end with everybody saying, hey, Democrats, tear down our entire electoral system so you can retain your grip on power forever. But that's exactly what they're doing this time around. They're trying to ramp up the coverage in prime time. This is unprecedented. Think about when Brett Kavanaugh was being wildly and wrongly accused by Christine Blasey Ford. She didn't know where it happened. She didn't know who was there. She didn't have any corroborating witnesses. They didn't have a single scintilla of corroborating evidence. But again, the left, the media, they were convinced this guy's a rapist and he's not fit for the court. Democrats are so full of crap. But despite all of those theatrics, okay, they brought, remember Michael Avenatti? Michael Avenatti was going to be, a, you know, a presidential candidate, we were told. Michael Avenatti in 2024. <laughs> Michael Avenatti is about to be in jail till at least 2030. So the presidential campaign, the White House is going to wait because the big house called first. But again, all of those theatrics still took place during normal congressional business hours. They had morning hearings every day that stretched into the afternoon. What they're doing Thursday night is unprecedented. This is a TV move designed to ratchet up what they hope will be a little more concern over January 6th. The problem the Democrats have in this moment is nobody was okay with January 6th. We thought it was disgusting. Okay, it was a bunch of lunatics. We all agreed this was bad. We were condemning political violence before it became cool. Remember when the Democrats said, oh, we've never seen anything like this in Washington, D.C. before. Oh, sure we have. Sure we have. In the summer of 2020, When we had 50 Secret Service agents hit with bricks and rocks, it was so aggressive outside the White House, they had to build an additional security barrier. At one point, it was breached. The Secret Service hustled Trump into a bunker beneath the White House, and the Democrats began derisively referring to him as Bunker Boy because that's how intense the attacks were. Oh, we've seen plenty of violence in D.C. Democratic activists once set off a bomb in the capital of the United States. Would you stop it? Never mind the attacks at the Supreme Court. Never mind the tearing down of all the statues in the aftermath of the George Floyd chaos. Okay, we've seen it before. It's just that one party never chose to acknowledge it until January 6th. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. But what they're trying to do here, okay, is their latest attempt, okay, their latest screaming fit, their latest, you know, theatrical tantrum in an effort to socially pressure the country into giving them more power. That's all this is. Okay, understand, these same networks, okay, and this is where the story begins today. Fox News announced that they're going to be covering this trial in its entirety on Fox Business and on all the Fox platforms except Fox News, meaning we're not going to preempt Tucker, we're not going to preempt Hannity, but they're going to cover the trial anyway as news dictates. If there's a big bombshell... If the Democrats reveal something in season two of January 6th that they didn't reveal in season one, obviously we're going to break in and take it. But we're not giving away our whole primetime lineup to this theatrics, this made-for-TV event, because we've seen these screaming fits before. This is just the latest thing they're screaming at us about. And the end result of all these fits is what? Give us more power. You know, you know when the kid lies on his stomach in the store and slaps the, store, the floor and kicks and screams, I want a toy! I want a toy! 
You know, time was mommy would walk right out of the store and the crying kid would eventually follow mommy. The Democrats want to live in a world where the kid throws a tantrum and you buy him a toy and you post it on Instagram. Hanging out with my little man. Big day at the store. And he just keeps screaming. And that's all this is. And every time they subject the country to one of these hysterical screaming fits, every single time. They turn out to be wrong. Correct the mundo. What was Russia but a three-year screaming fit? Oh, he's a Russian asset controlled by Vladimir Putin. You don't understand. There's collusion as far as the eye can see. And then every time they got under oath, under the threat of perjury, and asked if they had found any actual collusion. (laughs) Again, the Mueller probe came with three years of screaming fits from the media. You don't understand. This is like an Austin Powers movie. You shut your mouth, you bastard. But that's what they told us. No, Dr. Evil controls the White House from afar. It's bad. You don't understand. All these right-wing people that are okay with it, they're Russian assets too. They're also controlled by Dr. Evil. I'm telling you, it's so bad right now. that The media is a bunch of losers. They really are. Okay, but they were wrong. What was the impeachment for Ukraine? No, Ukraine, I'm telling you. We got to impeach him. We got to throw him out. It's bad. This guy's shaking down the Ukrainians. Hey, don't we have a video of Biden bragging that he once told Ukraine to fire a prosecutor or he was withholding aid as a government official? Don't we have a video? Oh, we do, right? And didn't we find out that Joe Biden's son was doing all kinds of wild influence peddling over in Ukraine? Hunter's a dirtbag. Okay, didn't we find out from Hunter's business partner that Joe was getting a 10% kickback on all of those transactions? Are you the big man, Joe? But again, did the media say anything about any of that in the aftermath of the impeachment trial that went nowhere? The answer would be no. No, they went. They moved on to their latest screaming fit. Okay, no, we got to defund the police. You don't understand. It's bad. The cops are a bigger threat to the criminal to the community than the criminals. We got to defund them. We got to march. We got to have fiery but mostly peaceful protests. People aren't buying it, CNN. You dumb bastards. But that's what we were told. Fiery but mostly peaceful. There's gunshots everywhere. Forty-two people died. There's two billion dollars in property damage, predominantly to black-owned businesses. But aside from the 42 deaths and the $2 billion and, you know, mostly peaceful. Folks, the murder rate is up 35% because of that screaming fit. Okay? Then what happened? Oh, we had the vaccine thing. You got to get the vaccine or you're killing people. It's not a personal choice. Okay? Vaccinated people can't get and spread COVID. Wrong. And then what did we find out? We found out what? That vaccinated and boosted people were getting COVID at higher rates than everybody else. Oh, But what about the other screaming fit? Voter suppression. You don't understand. Down in Georgia, that voter ID law. It's suppressing the vote. It's bad. You don't understand. This is is Jim Crow on steroids. No one's ever going to vote again. (laughs) Yo, they moved the Major League All-Star game out of Georgia. And here's a newsflash for you. Early voting. Because of Georgia's early vote, you know, their voter ID law, early voting in Georgia is up 220%. But did anybody stop to acknowledge in the media that that Democratic screaming fit, which gaslit society over racial lines, turned out to be false? The answer would be no. Not even close. Are you crazy? And these were people, by the way, who trashed the vaccine. During the summer of 2020, they told you Trump was basically making it with Barron for the school science fair. Let's just say there's a vaccine that is approved and even distributed before the election. Would you get it? Well, 
I think that's going to be an issue for all of us. If and when the vaccine comes, it's not likely to go through all the tests that needs to be and the trials that are needed to be done. When we finally do, God willing, get a vaccine, who's going to take the shot? Who's going to take the shot? You can be the first one to say, put me, sign me up. They now say it's okay. And the question of whether it's real when it's there, that requires enormous transparency. You got to make all of it available to other experts across the nation so they can look and see. So there's consensus. This is a safe vaccine. If the president announced tomorrow we have a vaccine, would you take it? Only if it was completely transparent that other experts in the country could look at it. Only if we knew all of what went into it. If Donald Trump can't give answers and administration can't give answers to these three questions, the American people should not have confidence. But if Donald Trump tells us I should t- that we should take it, I'm not taking it. She is a fraud, a phony, a woman without a moral core, a regular two-faced, mealy-mouthed politician who swings with the wind. And understand, after all of that vaccine bashing, after all of that vaccine bashing, Joe Biden turned around and mandated the vaccine and said he'd fire you if you didn't get it. That's just how white folks will do you. And they jumped in again with another screaming fit. You're getting people killed. Do you remember the clip where I lost my mind? Where Biden goes, freedom. Like, yeah, freedom. That's actually what we fought for. That's why we declared our independence against uh, Great Britain. That's why on D-Day we stormed the beach so we wouldn't all have to be speaking German right now because we all wanted and needed freedom. Freedom! But again, it was just their latest screaming fit. You're going to kill us if you don't get vaccinated. Okay, this is what January 6th is. It's their latest attempt at a screaming fit. They want to abolish the Electoral College. They want to rework our entire democracy. Because if we don't deny most of the country a voice in our elections, according to them, democracy is dead. Yo, the reason the founding fathers implemented the popular vote is because they didn't want like one or two big metropolitan areas speaking for the entire country, mainly because different parts of the country have different needs. Okay, if you live in what people call the flyover states, which, by the way, congratulations, you live in the best part of the country, you don't have the same values as the people who have turned New York and San Francisco into the world's largest outdoor bathroom. Okay, you don't support uh, abortion in the third trimester. Okay, you don't support defunding the police. Ergo, the Electoral College gives you a say in who we elect as opposed to just letting the highest concentrations of population control elections. Do you understand that if the Electoral College is abolished, the people who just elected Bill de Blasio twice get to choose the president every single time? This could be a problem. That's what this screaming fit is about. Oh, we got to abolish the Electoral. It's bad. It's white supremacy. And, yo, you got to understand, nobody at Fox News is okay with January 6th. We were trashing it in real time. We were telling the president, don't give a speech there that day. The potential for things to go awry aren't great. Yes, to his credit, he asked for more security from the Capitol in the run-up to that event. What did the Capitol tell him, specifically Nancy Pelosi? The answer would be no. But again, we're not okay with January 6th. If you're a lunatic storming the Capitol in a Chewbacca bikini, you're not a Republican, you're not a Democrat, you're an a-hole. We can all agree that January 6th is disgusting. But it's not what they're trying to turn it into, which was a hissy fit about a deadly white supremacist insurrection. 
It makes no sense if you are an objective observer of going what's going on. But when you recognize that this has been their entire playbook for the entire Trump era and that they're underground in every single poll, the Democrats are pulling behind monkeypox right now. They're not going to talk about the economy in primetime. They're not going to talk about baby formula in primetime. They're not going to talk about gas in primetime. They're going to talk about pretend white supremacy. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. A show so good, it's hard to describe. It's not a matter of, it's a matter of, you just, oh, in the club, I mean, um, as, as, and, uh, you know. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You know, so, uh. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. Stay on top of the latest news and information from Fox News. Listen and download the Fox News Hourly Update on your time. The trending stories you need anytime you want it. Listen and download now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Actually applauding my employer. They're going to be covering the January 6th coverage on Fox Business. Brett Baer and the gang will be over there. We'll be covering it on .com. We'll be covering it on, of course, Fox Nation. Uh, but they're not taking our primetime lineup off the air for a sequel to the first show trial that was the January 6th committee. Here is Yamishi Alcindor uh, of MSNBC explaining that the Democrats have a job to do, and it's to make Americans care more than they do about baby formula and gas prices. As she's saying the quiet part out loud, this is all about politics. Clip one. There are so many things that people are juggling between gas prices and inflation, baby formula, abortion, and and the shootings that are happening. These lawmakers are going to try to now have a narrative to focus the country's attention to say, look at this thing. Do not turn away and understand that while all those other things are really, really important, the foundation of our country, what makes our country function, is the democracy that we have to protect. And they're going to have to do that in the face of Republicans who are lying still about the 2020 election and who are getting elected and installing people who have um, the really motivations that were that were what happened and, and why people broke into the Capitol in the first place. She's worse than Kamala. She is just a criminally stupid person. It has nothing to do with her race or her gender. We're living in the death of shame. For somebody to be able to get into front of a TV camera at a time when early voting is up 220 percent and say that there are Republicans trying to stop people from voting. Do you understand the Republican rules made it easier to vote? Do you understand that in the state of Georgia, okay, they have 17 days of early voting. Do you know how many days of early voting they have in Joe Biden's home state of Delaware? Zero. Come on, man. None. Zero. Zip. Zilch. Do you get it? That's what we're dealing with here. This is the death of shame. They're trying to convince people that democracy is under attack. So did you hear what she said? I know they're juggling gas prices, inflation, baby formula, and the shootings that keep on happening. But over here, guys, we've got some pretend white supremacy. Quick, tune in. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. It's the morning show that uh, overslept. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Fox Across America presents Great Moments in Presidential History. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was going to put him in uh, foot. 
that's a real clip, by the way. Fox Cross America with Jimmy Fallon. Whenever we play you a great moments in presidential history and we cut to the Biden audio, uh, we don't actually have to edit anything. Like, this is psychotic. Like, you'd think we were doing it for a bit. But then you hear things like this. Make sure the television, the, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. The, the, the phone. <laughs> you, know. you know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with, uh, with uh, I don't know. Uh, if you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. I don't know that anybody can, Lincoln. Biden's a mess. OK, he obviously isn't in charge of his own Twitter account, because if Biden was typing the syntax he spoke in, it would look like a cat walked across the keyboard. Just, you know, <laughs> letters and consonants strung together again. How do you tweet this last word? I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international effort to pressure. <laughs> I mean, again, I mean, we have a president that is clearly not all there. That being said. Yesterday was the 78th anniversary of D-Day. What's D-Day if you didn't take a history class or a young kid listening? Because apparently a lot of young kids listen to this show. That's what I found out over the weekend. Oh, my kids listen. I make the kids listen. That's horrifying to me. Yo, kids, I'm a mess. This is bad parenting by your folks. Yes, I care about the country. Yes, I'm having a good time. But come on, man. It's bad enough my kids are part of this radio house of ill repute. But D-Day, long story short, is the reason we're not all speaking German right now. It's the day the greatest generation, okay, stormed the beach at Normandy. And they got nothing out of the Biden White House in 2021. Zero. No acknowledgement. Last night, they got an 8.45 p.m. shout out after multiple media outlets said, yo, what's up with D-Day? We're not getting an acknowledgement from D-Day? which is particularly egregious for Joe Biden because this is a guy who's been storming the beach every Friday since he got inaugurated. Every single Friday. He's on the beach in Delaware. Okay, but he can't acknowledge the guys who actually stormed the beach to save freedom in the world in the process. No, nothing for them. But last night, one of the 70 people who ran his Twitter account finally fired off a tweet at 845, and it's just disgusting, the indifference they show to the troops. Now, I try to give Biden credit for two reasons. One, they obviously don't leave him in charge of his Twitter account, but he did speak three times publicly yesterday at the White House. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. And in none of his remarks, none of his remarks, none of his remarks did he allude to, refer to, or mention the existence of D-Day. It's no excuse for that, man. They're called the greatest generation for a reason. He was alive before D-Day. So he's been alive longer than D-Day. And to be clear, he grew up in an era where we had a lot more reverence for the troops than we do now. Don't get me wrong. Half of the country sees the troops as what they are. They're the gold standard for this country. They're the best thing about America. They're the protectors of our freedoms. They are the true heroes in this world. We love you. We salute you. We honor you every day, not just on D-Day. But Biden is from that other part of the country now where it's more important to slander the people who saved Private Ryan So you can cater to the generation that watched Private Ryan on Netflix and complained about the lack of diversity in the cast. That's what we're dealing with now. We're dealing with a woke metal jacket, not a full metal jacket. Uh, Hate has no home here, military, where they put a pride flag out the first day of Pride Month. All good in the hood. Let them have it. But nothing for D-Day. And that's embarrassing. Shouldn't go on. But that's what they did. Same Democrats who told you Donald Trump slanders veterans. Oh, Trump. Do you remember that Atlantic article? where they had no one on record saying Trump slandered the dead veterans, but 23 people went on record to refute the story, said they were in the room. They were in the room 
This is garbage. Trump never slandered the veterans. The Atlantic, with no one publicly corroborating the story, they ran the story anyway. That's why I don't read the newspaper, because it's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. Now, I'll give Biden, you know, one point of concern, you know, is that, you know, maybe growing up in his house, his parents always referred to D-Day as the arrival of his report card. Because this isn't exactly the brightest guy in the world, you know. If we're if we're being honest, this guy is not exactly a genius. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. A three-letter word: jobs. J O B S. Jobs. <laughs> a three-letter word: one, two, three, four. Jobs. J O B S. J O B S. Jobs. This man needs. A retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. So you understand, D-Day, okay, D-Day, it's called D-Day because it happened during the day, happened at the very beginning of the day, okay? By the time he tweeted a D-Day salute last night, it was the following day. It was the following day in Normandy where all of this went down. So you understand, this was the equivalent of someone getting a Facebook reminder at 1151 at night. Oh, so-and-so had a birthday today. Let me send something. And whatever. It's nice of you to reach out. But there's a big difference between a Facebook birthday and D-Day, which should not come with a reminder, which should not come with an internal calculation over how this is going to look for the White House. It seems like the press has really worked up about this one. Maybe we ought to salute the people who saved the country. Oh, you think? But this is what we're dealing with. And these are the people who tell you again and again and again, oh, the Republicans don't care. Oh, Trump, he didn't care about the – I mean, yo, we are living in the death of shame. But this indifference to the troops, it's cool in Democratic circles. They'll love – they'll cover this all day today. Fox is mad about D-Day even though Biden finally said something. Someone will write that article. Probably 10 people will write that article. Look at Fox all worked up about D-Day. Yeah, how dare we? How dare we care about the moment that turned the tide in World War II and kept the Nazis from taking over the world? Look at us getting all carried away. Isn't it amazing that the party that calls everyone who disagrees with them Hitler gets mad at us for wanting D-Day to be acknowledged? Isn't it a little weird when you really think about it? Everyone who disagrees with a Democrat is a Nazi. Everyone. They're literally Hitler. Do you remember those those op-eds? Louis C.K., who, by the way, has now fallen out of Democratic favor, once famously wrote an op-ed after the 2020 election that Trump was literally Hitler. That was embarrassing. That's what showbiz people do. And then, of course, Louis, you know, got me too'd, but he ultimately made his way back into showbiz because, let's face it, this is a guy with a lot of pull. I'm serious, though. Uh, I don't know his religion, uh, but he definitely celebrates Palm Sunday. Uh, but bottom line, everybody was all over, all over. Nazis, you're all Nazis. And here we are saying, hey, Biden, can you, uh, you know, maybe a little shout out to the boys who got off the boats, opened a can you know what I mean? At Normandy, save the world. Now nothing for them. We're not overreacting. It's disgusting. Okay, there is a top-down problem in this country right now where people are not being sold American exceptionalism anymore. They're being told that this is an oppressive, white supremacist, institutionally racist country. The deck is stacked. What's the point of even trying? And the only people pushing back against that are immigrants. OK, a lot of the people who were born here are like, yeah, it's bad. It's oppressive. I'm going to change my Facebook picture. 
I'm going to change my profile picture on Instagram and Twitter because it's bad. And that's what's going on. But people who migrated to this country and faced real oppression, they're laughing their asses off. They're getting rich. They're making money. They're making a better life for themselves than they can anywhere else in the world. That's why the Democrats are getting destroyed with Latino voters, because they're trotting out pretend white oppression terms like Latin X. And Latin people are like, Latino people are like, wait, what? The Latin who? What is Latin X? What is that? That's a thing? It's a white people thing. Only 2% of Latinos even know the word. But they're out there trotting it out, trying to convince, you know, Latin Americans that they are oppressed in this country when there is no single solitary form of enforceable oppression in the year 2022 anywhere in the United States of America. We are the most tolerant and inclusive society the world has ever known. But if you go out there and salute the troops on D-Day who saved this society, you're upsetting a, the, you know, a good percentage of the far left wing of the Democratic Party where the troops aren't seen as the good guys. The troops are seen as using bad language, and they're not always inclusive. There's a lot of bullying going on in that battlefield. I, gotta, I don't like some of the messaging. You're the lowest form of life on earth. You're so ugly you can be a modern art masterpiece. Are you little maggots? You make me want to vomit. I don't know about that kind of talk. I don't know about the drill sergeants. I mean... It's not really nice. We got to we got to be more inclusive on the battlefield. That's who we're dealing with, folks. That is who the woke left has become. They now consider the military to be the bad guys. They're crazy. Just the way they did with the cops. No, no, you don't understand. The cops are the bad guys. They're crazy. You'd have to be literally nuts. But in their internal calculus, this made sense. This made sense. But it's why they find themselves in the position that they happen to be in. They keep gaslighting the country on things like race and, you know, voter suppression and even Bill Maher. I'll give him credit for this. Bill Maher is a um, it's very strategic in that, you know, he spent the entire Trump presidency calling Trump a Russian, saying he was Hitler. He was in all the hysterics the rest of the world was. He's now pivoting away from that crowd because he realizes how poorly it is aged. Nobody likes the left right now. Nobody likes them. I mean, again, Joe and Kamala are currently polling behind monkeypox. Nobody likes these people. Why? Because they're the party of grievance. People don't come to America to get upset. People don't come to America to apologize for their happiness. People come to America because they want to make a better life for themselves. So if all you're ever going to do is try to convince them that the deck is stacked, that they're racist, that voter ID laws are going to deny them access at the polls, that this is Jim Crow on steroids, as Joe Biden once said with a straight face. This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in, in Georgia. I mean, think about that. This is Jim Crow on steroids. Such an idiot. This is pretty much the worst video ever made. I mean, think about that. Jim Crow, where they denied black people the right to vote through violence, through poll taxes, through grandfather taxes. Okay? They physically used dogs and mobs and fires and lynchings to deny people the right to vote. Joe Biden said with a straight face, a voter ID law was Jim Crow on steroids. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Think about that. Worse than Jim Crow. That's what Jim Crow on steroids mean. Like Barry Bonds is 37 home runs. Barry Bonds on steroids is 73 home runs. So they're telling you what? This is the Barry Bonds on steroids version of Jim Crow. But that's what they did. And even Bill Maher, to his credit, he called out Eric Holder for this the other night. Listen to this. It's clip eight. Photo IDs are popular. 
Even yeah. among African Americans, something yeah. like three quarters of whites and I think 69% of black folks say, yeah, we should have photo IDs. So yeah. why is that an issue? Well, you see, I'm for voter ID as opposed to photo ID. You should prove... No, we're talking about photo ID. Well, yeah, well, but I'm to talking... prove that you should vote. Well, yeah, but, but here's the deal. What, you, what they've done, like in Texas, they said you have to have photo ID. If you have a, a photo ID issued by the state of Texas that says that you can carry a concealed weapon, that's cool. If you have a state-issued um, photo ID that says you're a student at the University of Texas, not cool. <laughs> and so you can see how right. they're trying to fool okay. around with it. You were lying your ass off. Yo, again, early voting is up 220% since these voter ID laws went into effect. Are, are you listening to me? It's up, up more, 220% more. That's not suppressing the vote. That's true. That is true. But they keep coming back to this issue of pretend racism. Okay, it's one of the reasons why they don't acknowledge the troops, is they want you to believe America is a bad country. We're not going to sit here and listen to you badmouth the United States of America. But people know better. That's their problem. Okay, they're in a really desperate situation here because the midterms now, it's less than 180 days away. They're projecting to lose everything. Now, up until now, they could only run one play. Vote for me or you're a racist. And the country's immune now. People are immune to the name calling. You know, when they're taking little kids to drag shows in Dallas, Texas. What the hell did you just say? Just covered it with Harris on the Faulkner Focus. Have you seen the videos online of the little kids being taken to drag shows in Dallas, Texas? Okay. Parents are disgusted by that. No differently than they were disgusted by the Democratic bid to teach sex education and gender sexual identity to kindergartners. They were disgusted. And they don't care about the name-calling. We're immune to it now. Calling us transphobes and homophobes and racists. We don't care anymore because we know in our heart what is true. Okay, and we know in our heart that no one believes a word the Democrats say because we've stood on the other side of this now. The emperor doesn't have any clothes when it comes to racism, but they're stuck running this play between now and the midterms because it's the only one they have. Are you tired of losing political debates because your party doesn't have any good ideas? I had the same problem until I got racism, the Democrat prescription that reduces every single issue to race problems. I'm Kamala Harris, and I approve this message. Using racism can make you feel like a good person, even if you're patently terrible. I have some skeletons in my closet that I need to cover up so that I can get elected. And with no basis in fact, personal attacks have never been easier. Whether you're slandering an ex-president. I don't think they like me very much. Or even a dead children's author. Mom, they canceled Dr. Seuss. So don't waste your time finding solutions to real problems. Create pretend problems. It's not enough to say I'm not a racist in America. You need to be anti-racist. Warning. A percentage of Democrats who used racism experienced limited grasp of facts and were prone to blurting out racist things themselves. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Ask your government-provided doctor about racism today. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I enjoyed it. It was an unbelievably interesting experience.
It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Going to be rapping with Lara Trump in the next hour. But right now, we head out to Sheridan, Wyoming, where Reese is standing by. Yo, Reese. How's it going, Jimmy? It's going, Reese. It's going. The country's a mess right now. We need some Wyoming wisdom. Can you straighten this thing out? You know, I just hope that everybody has got... uh, you know, this voter ID stuff taken care of. You know, when you think back at last election, President Trump got more electoral votes, but more votes than any other president in the history of the U.S. And how Joe Biden got more? I don't know. What well, what's interesting is right to me. So I hope whatever the mm-hmm. the, the, the the voter the voter ballots mm-hmm. gets taken care of going into the 22 election. Well, here's the thing, man. What the laws like Georgia passed do strengthen election integrity, but they're being screamed at as voter suppression because no one can argue they didn't they did something unprecedented in 2020 in that they allowed people to harvest ballots, they allowed people to vote by mail in record numbers, something the Democrats were always against until they weren't. So, there is going to be an effort made to strengthen elections, but you don't really have to worry about the Democrats this time around, they're going to get the country's going to put them on the timeout step like they've done such a bad job right now uh, that there's no version of this that ends with them in power. So we, at least we got that going for us. But you can't get lazy because once the Republicans take over, we got to kick them in the ass so they straighten things out. You know what I mean? That's true. We'll get those boots on tight, Reese. We got some kicking to do. Quick break. Lara Trump on the other side of the hour uh, back after this on Fox Across America. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is. And we are fired up. we got a big hour coming your way. Lara Trump, my on-again, off-again radio buddy, karaoke rival, Her Highness of the Hoop Earrings. She's going to be joining us in this hour because the two of us not only have some radio to do, but we're going to be hosting the big Saturday and big Sunday show this weekend together right here on the Fox News Channel. And you, my friend, are going to be inside the huddle for all of that and uh, so much more. Maybe a little more, not much more, let's be honest. Uh, but it's a big hour, a plus-sized hour here on Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon, 888-788-9910. We are in day two on the legendary WENG down in Englewood, Florida. So shout out to the information station. Hey, girl, thanks for riding along with us. But we begin this hour of all things, of all things, with some commentary from CNN. CNN is the worst. A lot of people feel that way, but I want to give them credit. Harry Enten, their poll guy, uh, is helping them find Jesus a little bit late in the service and come to grips with the fact that the midterms are going to be an absolute bloodbath for the Democrats at the polls. The GOP currently in its best position in 80 years. Not my words. These are the words of CNN. Here it is, clip three. If you're a Republican running for re-election or trying to unseat a Democrat, things are looking pretty good, right? I would say they're looking very good from a historical context. So basically, I took the best Republican positions on the generic congressional ballot At this point in midterm cycles since 1938, that generic ballot basically is, uh, would you vote for the generic Republican or generic Democrat in your district? And guess what? Since 1938, the Republican two-point lead on the generic congressional ballot is the best position for Republicans at this point in any midterm cycle in over 80 years. Uh Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. Big trouble. 
And you want to know why they're in big trouble, just so you understand? It's because the Democrats are prioritizing things the rest of the country doesn't care about. I agree with that. Okay, when you're yelling, when you have, and I mean this, man, I'm sorry. It's a little early in the day for this kind of talk. But when you have the balls to talk to people about climate change at a time when they literally can't afford a gallon of gas, when people don't have formula for their baby, when the cost of most goods in this country have doubled, and you have the balls to tell them we need to be worried about the weather 50 years from now, we need to be worried 30 years from now or 10 years from now. According to the Democrats, the world has ended every 10 years since 1970. We're living in a simulation. We all died in 1980. There was an ice age coming in 1980. We were all supposed to freeze to death. It didn't happen. It turned into global warming. And then we were all going to die by the year 2000. Didn't happen. Now we're all here. Al Gore won a documentary, uh, won an Oscar for his documentary in 2006 about how the world was going to end in 10 years. This same Al Gore, who has an electric bill at his Tennessee mansion that makes Las Vegas look Amish. Okay, that Al Gore. World's going to end. No, it's bad. You don't understand. Sea levels, polar bears. We're all doomed. Okay, and that came and went. Do you remember when AOC famously told us we only had 10 years to live? AOC is a dope. And most people know that. So when they're lecturing you about things like climate change or fake white supremacy, Again, I don't doubt that there's five weirdos in a shed somewhere saying bad words, but this is not a society that is remotely close to a white supremacist or an intolerant society. There is nowhere in America where you can be openly biased against anything, if we're being honest, except white people. (laughs) Other than that, you can say anything you want. You know, you can't say a word about anything. If you're like, white people are the devil, they're like, oh, come down the hall. We'll give you a promotion. It'll be a white person that gives you the promotion. They're like, oh, that's great. But anything else you say, you don't even have to be critical. It will be conflated as criticism. Understand, we're living in an era where Florida just passed a bill banning sex education for kindergartners. Never once said the word gay in nine pages of the bill. And they were accused of homophobia by Democrats who said it was a don't say gay bill. That is a fact check false. Never even said the word gay. You understand we live in an era where you're accused of being homophobic, racist and horrible if you don't say something, let alone if you do. But they keep prioritizing things like this. Okay, things the rest of the world doesn't care about, things the rest of the country don't does not care about. So, yes, the Republicans do have their best position in 80 years on the generic ballot, but I can't look at this like a team sport. It's not supposed to be a team sport. Like, my team is America. I don't care that the Republicans are going to win unless they win and do good. Okay, but just winning just so I could say, ha-ha, Democrats, we're in charge now. Politics have reduced us to two kids fighting in the backseat of the car. And we just want to say we beat the other one when dad blows the whistle and says, shut up, or you're both getting smacked. That's what politics have become in this country. People root for their party harder than they root for their country. That can't be. So I'm not sitting here like the midterms are going to solve our problems because they're not. Okay. the only way we're going to solve problems in this country is if politicians of all stripes realize they work for us. They don't play for the team we root for. They work for us, meaning us, America, the employer, the citizens. Okay, that's who they work for. But we got to this place where Republicans know they're cool as long as their voters are happy with how the culture war is going. Democrats know they're good as long as their voters are happy with all the culture wars going. But the independents who actually decide these elections think they both suck. Yeah, they think the Democrats suck a lot more than the Republicans right now. I'll be honest with you. But again, I do not find solace or consolation in one political party having power. I find solace or consolation in America actually doing good. Right now, America not doing good.
Okay, but when you look at what's going on in the midterms, this is one of the reasons. They're trying to play up, you know, things like, uh, we got to get rid of the Electoral College. Nobody is asking for that other than Democrats. Here's Jamie Raskin. He, again, just so you understand, is chairing the January 6th committee. Now, understand Jamie Raskin, who chaired the impeachment hearings. Okay, the big the big concern with January 6th is that the Republicans, some of the ranking Republicans, were going to challenge the certification of certain states in the Electoral College because of procedural changes that were made illegally. Now, let's be very clear. I'm not, you know, I'm not here one way or the other to, like, steer your train of thought. I'm just here to give you an objective, good-faith take on what happened, okay? The state legislatures in places like Pennsylvania, okay, changed the voting laws. Independently of state constitutions, didn't always follow legal procedure, and did make it easier to harvest and turn out the vote. Doesn't quite mean it was stolen because this was done legally. The rules were changed. They weren't broken on the back end of the election. They were nefariously changed on the front end of the election, and they used COVID as a justification to do so. And that got Democrats a win. But that being said, even though they won, the margins were so thin, they're so horrified by the fact that most of the country, when you look at the electoral map, does not vote Democratic. If you look at the 2020 election, okay, more counties voted for Donald Trump by about 80 percent than they did for Joe Biden. Donald Trump is the first sitting president in history to increase his vote count and lose re-elections. Never happened before. That's how much chicanery went on. Again, I'm not telling you it was stolen. I'm just telling you the election was conducted in an unprecedented manner because of COVID. But when you look at the electoral map, you realize most people in most regions are a lot more conservative than they are take my kids to a drag show, and while they're there, tell them there's no biological difference between a little boy and a little girl. Boys have a penis, girls have a vagina. But the Democrats would have you believe none of that's true. Gender's a social construct. It's whatever we make of it. Could you imagine? Have you ever seen a crazier, dumber time than right now? But that's why when you break the country down by county, nobody votes Democrat. So what do they want to do? They want to abolish the Electoral College. That's the goal of the January 6th committee. That's why it's in primetime. They want to make a case for things being so racist, we've got to let the big cities control the vote because everybody else is a racist. So New York, where they cut a billion dollars from the police budget, they should be making decisions for the rest of the country. These are the smart people, you see. San Francisco, where you can't walk three feet without someone taking a dump on the sidewalk. What the hell did you just say? Yeah, go there. What I said was the truth. Junkies, crime and filth everywhere. Some of the worst murder rates in the country. Okay, woke bail reforms that are letting criminals walk free after committing violent felonies. Everything woke turns to But Jamie Raskin is using the January 6th committee to push for the, the, you know, the end of the Electoral College. Just turn it over to the popular vote. Give the big states the right. Because the thing is, these Republicans are extreme. They, they challenged the certification of the Electoral College in some states. But you know what he won't mention during his opening monologue? That Jamie Raskin. Jamie Raskin. Do you know what he did in 2016? He challenged the certification of the Electoral College. Bingo. Do you understand when the Republicans win? Okay, when the Republicans win, the Democrats tell you it was stolen. When the Democrats win, everything's on the up and up. Understand that after the 2018 midterm elections, the Democrats got on TV 
and claimed that every single voting machine was hacked, both in 2016 and again in 2018. This is who these people are. I continue to think that our voting machines are too vulnerable. In 2018, electronic voting machines in Georgia and Texas deleted votes for certain candidates or switched votes from one candidate to another. The biggest seller of voting machines is doing something that violates Cybersecurity 101, directing that you install remote access software, which would make a machine like that, you know, a magnet for fraudsters and hackers. These voting machines can be hacked quite easily. You could easily hack into them. It makes it seem like all these states are doing different things, but in fact, three companies are controlling this. There are a lot of states that are dealing with antiquated machines right, which are vulnerable to being hacked. Workers were able to easily hack into an electronic voting machine. It was possible to switch votes. 43% of American voters use voting machines that researchers have found have serious security flaws, including back doors. We know how vulnerable now our systems were. We know, I know that hackathon that took place last year where virtually every machine was broken into fairly quickly. I actually held a demonstration for my colleagues here at the Capitol um, where we brought in um, folks who before our eyes hacked election machines. Um, those that are not, those that are being used in many states. What a loser. Can you imagine? Did Kamala Harris actually hack voting machines? The answer would be no. No, but they were willing to trot that out with a straight face. But that's why they're getting killed. Okay? They are, we're living in the death of shame. They're willing, understand, they're mad at Fox because we're not blowing out our primetime lineup to show the January 6th hearings. We're showing it on Fox Business. We're showing it on Fox Nation. We're not blowing out primetime to give more air coverage to their screaming fit. These are the same networks who were demanding that their bosses stop showing the daily COVID briefings at the height of the pandemic. We can't show the president anymore. This has become a political thing. We're not going to show it. He's spreading misinformation. Never mind that pretty much everything he said turned out to be true. Never mind that twice as many people died under Biden as they did under Trump, despite the fact that Biden inherited not one, not two, but three vaccines. Okay, but the point is, these same Democrats who are like, oh, you can't show the COVID briefings. No good. People shouldn't get information on COVID. But they should see this January 6th show trial led by Jamie Raskin, who wants to do away with the Electoral College. I kind of believe him because he has challenged the certification of the Electoral College in the past. Democrats, in fact, did it every time they've lost going back to 2000. Challenged it after Bush. Challenged it after Bush beat Kerry. Challenged it again when Trump beat Hillary Clinton and left her howling at the moon. But the point is, okay, he's now saying what? That the Electoral College is an undemocratic relic. Here's the clip. This is the guy leading the hearing. And this is why Democrats are getting killed. He wants the country to abolish the Electoral College because they can't solve any of our problems between now and the midterms. So they're like, well, what if we just let New York and L.A. decide the presidency? What if New York, L.A. and Chicago just decide everything we do now as a country and you have no voice in the middle of the country? They realize they can't reach you because their priorities aren't your priorities. So their next goal, the people who are trying to defend democracy, Democracy is to take it away from you. Here it is, clip six. I've taken a position that the Electoral College is an undemocratic relic of the early Constitution, just like uh, the state legislature's selection of U.S. senators, which is something we got rid of in uh, 1913 with the 17th Amendment, just like the exclusion of women from voting, which we got rid of um, in 1920 in the 19th Amendment. 
I mean, what a dirtbag. Just a clown. Straight clown. Do you understand? When it's a relic, it's an undemocratic relic. That's what they told us about the filibuster. Remember the filibuster was a racist relic of the Jim Crow South? Yet the same Democrats who told us it was a racist relic of the Jim Crow South used the filibuster 200 times between 2015 and 2020? 200 times. So if it was a racist relic of the Jim Crow South, why did they use it 200 times? I think he's got a point. Okay, never mind that they used it in the summer of 2020 to block police reform by Tim Scott, a Republican from South Carolina, who happens to be the first black man to serve in both houses of Congress. They used that racist relic of the Jim Crow South. But this is where they are with the Electoral College. He's now telling you it's a relic. It's like other things in the Constitution that we did away with. We got to do away with this, too. This is the committee that's designed to protect democracy. As far as they're concerned, they are protecting democracy. In fact, they are so concerned with protecting democracy that they're holding a hearing in prime time so they can take it away. What the hell is the world coming to? You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's like it's a it's a game changer. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Going to be chatting with Lara Trump in the next break. She is my co-host this Saturday and Sunday on the Big Saturday and Big Sunday show right here on the Fox News Channel. Uh, but right now, we're talking about some primetime programming on the other networks as it pertains to the January 6th hearings. Here is Dan Pfeiffer. He's over on MSNBC with Morning Joe, and they're talking about the fact that, you know, we need more censorship on social media because these Republicans have the biggest followings. He's talking about Bongino, Kansas Owens, Ben Shapiro. This, this is so funny. Freedom of speech is essentially a problem, according to the Democrats. Here it is, clip five. You go to Facebook on a daily basis, the most the posts with the most engagement are from Dan Shapiro or Ben Shapiro, Dan Bongino, Candace Owens. It is right wing content. It dwarfs progressive content. It dwarfs mainstream media content, which is actually should be the part that scares us the most, that Ben Shapiro's Daily Wire has more followers and engagement, many times more than The New York Times or CNN. That is a problem for democracy. What an idiot. It's not a problem for democracy because Ben Shapiro isn't saying no one should be allowed to vote. They always use phrases like problem for democracy, which is code for give us our way. I agree with that. Okay, it's no different than misinformation. Now, remember when they were starting a misinformation board and the woman, the lip syncing Mary Poppins lunatic, was the one spreading all the misinformation about the Hunter Biden laptop, the Russian collusion hoax? The Democrats categorize misinformation as anything that doesn't reflect well on them. He knows what he's talking about. Never forget, this is Dan Pfeiffer. He's saying, oh, it's a problem for democracy. We need some more censorship on social media. And why does he want more censorship on social media? Because there are a lot of stories out there that are true that don't benefit his party. So he calls it a threat to democracy. That's what the Hunter Biden laptop story was. Never forget that. Ah, we can't share this. It's, It's disinformation. There's a threat to democracy if you share disinformation like this. And lo and behold, what did they do? They restricted your ability to share it in a manner that actually swung the election. Fifteen percent of Biden voters say they would have changed their vote if they knew the Hunter Biden story. But they didn't know it because, again, the people that are worried about threats to democracy, 
denied us a fair conversation about our democracy. This is why they're in the position that they are in the Democratic Party. You can't no one can take any of this stuff seriously anymore. You can't take any of these people seriously because we're living in the death of shame and everyone seems to know it except the people spouting all this garbage. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. It's America's Life Coach. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. We are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting as we always do, from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters, where I no longer, or not only anyway, just do TV and radio, uh, but I also do uh, something on the weekends now uh, called the Big Saturday, Big Sunday Show, where if my uh, sources prove correct, I will be co-hosting with this next guest. And I just want to make it clear, I had no say in this booking, uh, but she's here to explain it one way or the other. Lara Trump back on the show. Yo, Lara Trump. Well, hello. Yeah, you know what? I keep try, I keep calling into this radio show, and every now and again I trick someone and they let me on air with you. <laughs> so I'm very pleased with that. And then, yes, the big Saturday and Sunday show. Who would have thought Jimmy Fallon and I together again, we're getting it all back together this Saturday and Sunday. I'm so stoked. I tricked somebody else, apparently. <laughs> you stop it. It's a big deal. Uh, when I got when I actually got the lineup, because I was I was thinking about canceling and then I got the lineup and I was really thinking about canceling. But no, I kid. <laughs> I kid, Lara Trump. We're going to make some sweet TV magic. It's going to be great. I'm fired up for that. Um Listen, the last time we spoke, if you remember, I was down at the Tampa Improv. You were on the other side of the state, and uh, we really didn't give you enough notice to get to the gig, but we needed you to get to the gig because our producer, who is 25, is a population control device when you turn him loose on a city. Drank everything, danced with everything, hit on everything. Like, at the very least, could you lend me a shock collar to put on this kid? Well, I do have two dogs, so I, and I don't use shot collars per se, mm-hmm. but I do have several leashes. I'll bring some of those next time. Um, I'll try to make it over. Yeah, give me some notice. Would have loved to have been there for this situation. It sounded amazing. It was really- I'm sure it went over very well for the folks in Tampa. Um, so, so let me know next time or else come over to the east side of the state. And I'll see you there. Yo, I would love, I, I would so come and get rowdy. Like we have, I'm very good at getting invited to people's houses once. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> we don't, One and done. That's it. Yeah, That's no, no, we, we never get invited back that second time. But the failures show up once and you'll be talking about it for decades to come. No never issues forget. there. No, no, none at all. Um, well, let's talk about this. Over on the east side of Florida, were people as miffed as I was that we didn't get a D-Day tweet till like 9 o'clock last night, which is kind of like Facebook telling oh. you it's somebody's birthday? I mean, no, but by the way, that is exactly what I thought. I was like, first of all, we know this White House is in total disarray. The reports coming out obviously kind of feel that way, but you don't even need reports. All you have to do is look at the general status of the country, and you could probably guess the White House isn't doing too well. The fact that no one figured out that it was D-Day, that this was probably, if you talk about the free world in, in general, one of the most important days in the history of the free world. I mean, come on, folks. I can't believe nobody got it together. And then it seems like you're exactly right, Jimmy. Somebody was kind of scrolling around on Facebook and Instagram and somebody happened to have, like, one Republican friend who had mentioned it. I think the reason is that nobody even figured it out until late is because if you look at the left, by and large, they 
generally don't like to celebrate America, American achievements. They just sort of like to exist in this sort of angry state. So that was a huge achievement, not just for America, but obviously, again, the free world. So I assume that was a problem, that their their one Republican friend had posted something positive <laughs> for D-Day in remembrance of the day. And they said, oh, my gosh, we totally screwed this up. Let's just post something so no one gets upset. To your point, like a lot of people do yeah. for birthdays, the old, kind of sad. The old eleven fifty-seven at night when someone <laughs> sends you a birthday message, like just squeaked it in. Like, oh, hey, I just got home from work, but I meant to reach out about your birthday. Yeah, yeah so sure sorry. you did. I, I, I knew about it at six a.m., but I totally forgot until now. I've just no big deal. I thought of you all day. Yeah, right. And this, but this is why to keep it in Facebook terms, people are unfriending the Biden administration right now. It is a bad oh. time to be them. We're talking to Lara Trump on the phone. It's a good time to be me. So there's that. But uh, it is. It's it's all it's just all so bad and so stupid right now. And, you know, there's this thing going on this week where they're trying to take everybody. You know, we've had so many excuses like Putin screwed up the gas. That was a thing for a little while. And, you know, they didn't tell him about the baby formula. I wanted to ask you this about the baby formula thing, because it's fascinating as a parent. Okay, if Biden wasn't looped in on the baby formula crisis until like five months after it started, that means they see the president as a child that they give pretend jobs to. You know, when you're busy, so you give your kid a job like, hey, can you go check the washing machine for monsters? And the kid just runs (laughs) off and now you get to do what you want. That means while they were trying to deal with this crisis, if we take them at their word, they sent the president to check the washing machine for monsters. Shouldn't we be a little concerned here? Well, but that's how bad it is. Either they told him and they lied to us about it and he didn't take any action of any capacity, you know, until far too late. Or you're right. They're not talking to the president of the United States about major issues that are impacting Americans every day because they know he can't handle them. They know that he is. I mean, they're they're giving him fake jobs. I mean, apparently they're giving Kamala Harris a VP fake jobs as well. I don't know anything that she's actually done. They've given her many different titles. She has not shown up to really, you know, do anything for any of those titles. But yes, that is incredibly concerning as a citizen of this country. And it's kind of, Jimmy, what we always suspected. We always kind of thought, well, Joe Biden isn't really running things. You know, this is the guy that ran on being the great uniter, that had all the plans to, to bring America back together, to make this a great place to live. And obviously everything has gone in the opposite direction. It's clear if you look back at interviews, even from like 10 years ago uh, of Joe Biden's, that the positions that he takes now are not the positions that he's had in the very recent past. So someone else is obviously in charge of making decisions, but it just kind of goes to prove the point that we all thought in the beginning, which is this guy isn't actually in charge of himself. He's clearly not in charge of the country. And that is a really frightening place to exist if you're a citizen of America. Absolutely. Oh, it's so nuts, Lara Trump. I, I, I a thousand percent agree with you. And I just think it's so insane because everybody believes what you're saying. Like we're not we're not at a place where this is like a Republican thing. You know what I mean? This is an everybody thing. Like if you look at where Biden is at with independence, I was saying this earlier. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are polling behind monkeypox at this point. They're like two points behind monkeypox. <laughs> and I'm and I'm sorry. I know you and I were working on a woke children's book called by curious george 
but it doesn't sound like it's going to sell right now with all the monkeypox. It's not going to work out. You're going to have to get the publisher. Tell Eric I I appreciate his idea, but we can't do it. (laughs) It's just not – the market's not there for it, Lara Trump. That's the problem. But, yo, the point is everybody knows what you're saying, and what's weird about it is there's like this sociopathic indifference, okay, in that there's polling out today that says 80 percent of of Americans, 8 in 10 Americans, say the economy is in bad or terrible shape. But Biden goes out to the prompter and he's like, no, no, the economy's never been stronger. It's going so good. You know, they say like every friend needs a friend that'll tell them their butt looks bad in those pants. Like the Democrats don't have that honest friend, do they? No, very clearly. Like the the eyebrows are two different heights and your friend just let you go out like that. It's so sad. Should never happen. Um But you said the key word there, Jimmy, the prompter went out to the prompter Mm -hmm. from a script that is written for him by other people. Joe Biden doesn't really know what's going on. He doesn't believe anything he's saying. He probably doesn't even remember what he had for breakfast this morning. So let alone get out in front of cameras and actually talk about the real state of the economy and the country as a whole. Look, people are upset. People are feeling how bad it has gotten across the board, no matter where you live in America, whether you're going to fill up your gas tank, buy groceries, you know, kids are out for the summer. A lot of parents are trying to figure out, can we afford summer camp this year? Um, It is a really tough time in America and people are, are responding now to this polling. And you see that people do not feel good about where the economy is, nor should they, because there have been no steps taken by this president, by the the party in power right now, which is the Democrat Party, to make life better for the American people. Everything they've done has made it worse, and it is it is their it's a direct relation to their policies. Um, so it's not surprising, but you know, I guess they just kind of stick him out there with the script, and then he reads it and goes back in. And I get, uh, but the good news is he's going on Jimmy Kimmel. So I'm sure we'll get a full-fledged accounting of the facts and all of it when he's on that show. Oh, that's right? going to be a hard-hitting interview. You better yes. brace yourself. Isn't that of so course. sad? Does he, do, he hasn't done a press event since Lester Holt before the Super Bowl. That was February 10th. Now he's going to Jimmy Kimmel, which, by the way, Jimmy Kimmel's show is a hostage situation because he wore so much blackface back in the day that he has to open every show for real. He has to open every show with, you know, a five-minute monologue about how the Democrats are great, Republicans are going to get us all killed, and they're evil, and they're Hitler, and everything in between, which is, and he has to do that, because the minute he takes a centrist position, not even a conservative position, just a centrist one, all of those pictures hit the internet, and he gets canceled, like, within an hour. So it's sad, because it is. It's like a hostage situation. And then we got to watch Biden read, I hope they don't make him read mean tweets on the teleprompter. Haven't we seen enough teleprompter? I mean, obviously, to, to for the rest of our lives, we not, that actually should be a requirement from now on. Instead of just going and having the presidential debate, it really should be, can you actually give a speech? Can you talk coherently about a subject without the teleprompter? And I mean, if you can't pass that bar, then I, you know, I don't think that this is the right position for you. No. I mean, and I would say that about going to grade school, quite frankly, but I digress. <laughs> and, and let's be clear. Lara Trump has passed a lot of bars. 
all kinds of bars, I, folks. No, passed no. and gone into those bars. <laughs> yeah, yeah I was going to say, yeah, there, there's, there's multiple ways to interpret that. But but this is my <laughs> last thing I wanted to run by you about that, is we were talking about the border and how there's this massive migrant caravan. They expected to be 15,000 people. Biden has kind of turned America into that one bar in college that doesn't ID anybody. So all of a sudden their business is really good. Everybody's trying to get in. Our border is the bar in the college town that doesn't check ID. And now we have massive lines of people to get in. I mean, is there, is there a better analogy for that? It's it's 100 percent a spot on. That is the, it is the exact analogy. The only problem is at some point, you know, that, that the cops are watching that bar and it's just there has to be a moment that they're going to come in there, and if you're underage, like, that's it. Figure out where the escape routes are. Look for your spots. Look for your friends and have a plan to get out of there because that always happens. The sad thing is we don't even have that ability as America. Where are the cops? They're not even allowed to do their job on the southern border. That's how sad it is right now in America. It's, it's sort of unbelievable. And then on top of that, not only can everybody get in, but then they get a free flight to Westchester County, New York, Mm -hmm. to Rockland County, New York, on private planes, bus tickets across the country. It's unbelievable. Never has there been a better time to break the law in America, whether you're coming in illegally, whether you're causing chaos in major cities. You can basically do anything. I'm thinking about turning a... you know, turn into a life of crime myself. Maybe that'll pay better. Maybe more people will like us uh, with the last name Trump. <laughs> Turning to a life of crime. I see what you did yeah. there, Lara Trump. I see through it. I'm <laughs> kidding. Well, as far as as far as I was told by the media, you're all a bunch of criminals, and I'm going to wind up in jail yeah. just for having you on my show. That's probably uh, true. Have, have you picked out your, your Have you guys picked out your drum suits yet? What's the deal there? We got a January We got a January sixth hearing coming up on Thursday, uh, and you're leaving in in handcuffs. So I hope you guys have the the proper attire. I know. Well, I'm getting my popcorn ready because it's going to be apparently a blockbuster event, as everyone knows. It's Hired so a producer from ABC. The whole thing, I mean, the, where we are in America right now, we're talking about the fully open southern border and we're joking about it. But we also, on Thursday, have this entire production surrounding January 6th, when, meanwhile, how many billions of dollars of damage were caused in the summer of 2020 rides? Where were the investigations for that? Barely any people arrested. You had the vice president of the United States championing people for getting out and causing chaos and riots, et cetera. It's honestly unbelievable that we found ourselves here. But I think, Jimmy, the only glimmer of hope we all have is that Americans are not stupid. They see through it. They see exactly what's happening and exactly what this is all about. Um, and they're going to take that into November and into the voting booths. And I think that it's going to be a landslide victory for Republicans. Yeah, it's going to be wild, Lara Trump, assuming you and I don't upend the momentum this Saturday and Sunday on TV. I mean, we it's, may. There's no <laughs> promises. Tell, uh, <laughs> tell, you, tell your people not to get too excited just yet. You're going to upend your whole father-in-law's potential second run. Uh, come on, Lara, get it together. You got four days to sober up. I'll see you in the makeup room. I can't wait. I'm so stoked. We'll see you there. Rock and roll. There she goes. The legend, Lara Trump. There we go back after this. You're listening to the show that Standard & Poor describes as Standard & Poor. I would say he's incompetent, but I don't want to do that because that's not nice. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
Don't worry. The Biden administration just declared a climate emergency that we're going to discuss in the next hour that will allow them to start green lighting production of Chinese solar panels that, according to the Biden administration, is purely being done to help America. Don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. Well, they're peeing on your leg and telling you it's climate change, but that climate change is responsible for that rain. But Corinne Jean-Pierre, as overmatched as a personal person has ever been in their capacity. I'm going to play you some clips from her in the next hour. This this stuff, like, shocks the conscience. And understand, like, this is a light radio show. We cover really heavy news. We cover as heavy as the news can get. I mean, as we cover what everybody else is covering. Except that I my da- daily disposition, I say this all the time, I'm like a dog with a job. You know, when you go to the airport and the dog's, you know, his tail's always wagging, he's always happy to see you because he can't believe people are counting on him to save the plane. He's like, wow, me, a dog? That's me. I get on the air. I'm like, wow, I can't believe a few million people are counting on me to save the radio today. This is crazy. Wow. And you can pet my stomach and throw me tennis balls. I'm always in a good mood. But what's going on with this White House is they, they are comically overmatched right now and understand Okay, Corinne Jean-Pierre is not necessarily replacing someone who was any good at the job in Jen Psaki. Psaki sucks. Kaylee was so much better. A lot of people feel that way. Okay, but Corinne Jean-Pierre, I mean, I I patently miss Jen Psaki. Like, I do. I want to reach out to MSNBC and see if they'll give her, like, you know, maybe like a week where she gets to come back home for, like, a homecoming. Like, you know, when you leave SNL? They let you come back and host one weekend. Maybe they'll let her come back and host the White House podium one weekend because Corinne Jean-Pierre, I'm, and I'm, listen, man, I don't mean to be rude, but she is weapons grade stupid. Tell them like it is. And anybody who thinks, you know, this idea of green lighting a solar emergency will have anything, anything at all to do with lowering gas prices is, is stupid beyond any type of repair. There's nothing I can do to help you, but we will try anyway in the next hour. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Hey, 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 here we go, here we go. It is a big hour, a plus-sized hour. Kind of hour you'd have to go to, like, Costco and get a membership. Like a Sam's Club hour of Fox Across America coming your way. Brian Brenberg is an economics professor at the King's College. He is a Fox News contributor. He is hosting Fox Business Tonight at 5 p.m. all week long. But he stops by in this hour to throw the challenge flag at Corinne Jean-Pierre and the Biden administration as a whole 
for invoking the Defense Production Act yesterday for what they're calling a solar emergency in this country. Come on, don't bullshit me. Now, to be clear, they could not articulate what the emergency actually was. But we're going to discuss it in this hour because I'm telling you because I care. I am your radio buddy, regardless of how you vote, regardless of what you believe. I am not an activist. I don't want to be in charge of our democracy. I do want to be in charge of this conversation because I have the right perspective. Okay, I spent most of my life driving a taxi. I am keenly aware of every version of life in this country. I've been the brokest guy. I've been like a semi-famous guy. I've worked as a cab driver, stand-up comedy, a host radio and TV. I've been a boxing ring announcer, a telemarketer, a pretty good husband, uh, a so-so dad. I've done it all, okay? But the point is, uh, I care. And right now, it is not a political statement to tell you that America is losing. We're not playing championship ball, okay? And that is very much the fault of this administration. So in this hour, you're all welcome to weigh in whether you agree with me or not. I always say the phone number, if you want to be a part of the show, is also the phone number if you don't want to be a part of the show. That's some great radio. Call me up. Tell me why the show sucks. I'm, I'm into that. I'd laugh. You'd save me a lot of money. Normally, I pay women to yell at me on Craigslist. You'd save me some cash. Maybe a trip downtown. 888-788-9910. You know the rules. Be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Just don't be a That is all. Corinne Jean-Pierre, I have to start here. Okay. The White House announced yesterday that they were invoking the Defense Production Act. Corinne Jean-Pierre was asked, you know, over a series of questions, why this is a thing. Where's the solar emergency? I'm going to give you all three of her attempts to explain this. Good luck finding an answer. Here's clip 27. You know, when he takes the Defense Protection Act, it's to make sure that he's delivering for the American people. Uh, It is an important tool that he has used a couple of times and has been incredibly effective. Uh, So uh, for this particular Clean Energy Defense uh, Production Act, uh, he is invoking the Defense Production Act to rapidly expand uh, domestic production uh, of solar panel parts, building insulation, heat pumps, and more. He is putting the full force Uh, of the federal government's purchasing power behind supporting American clean energy manufacturers. You gotta do better than that. She didn't explain what the emergency is. So here is a follow-up question from Jackie Heindrich over specifically, because the question was, what's the emergency in the solar industry? Okay, the Defense Production Act, you understand, is something that goes into effect in a time of emergency. We got a problem on defense production. Okay, we're mobilizing the government, the full force of the military in some instances. This is the kind of thing you do when the nation's backs are against the wall. In this instance, when it comes to the solar industry, our backs aren't against the wall, but there are a hell of a whole lot of Democrats that stand to make money off of these solar deals because they all own all kinds of stock. Bingo. I mean, aside from that, I mean, is that what the issue is? The market's been down, down, down? So we've got some people out there that need to make back some money in their portfolio. I don't have an answer. And Corinne Jean-Pierre wasn't given one either. Here is another attempt, clip 28. What's the emergency in the solar industry? 
Well, this is just a step to get to, to a place where we do have a clean energy arsenal. And so this is a very important part of the President's, uh, this is a very important part of the President's uh, of, um, uh, agenda in getting to that clean energy uh, uh, system that he's been talking about since he walked into the administration. So this is that, and this is a way that we felt that we can act uh, to, to get moving in that way. Not even close! Yo, do you understand what's going on here? This, she didn't answer the question. What's the emergency? She didn't give you an answer. There is no emergency. Do you understand? Other than the fact that they're invoking the Defense Production Act as it pertains to solar because they want to create the appearance that they're actually doing something about this gas price. I admire your honesty. That's all this is. They're trying to create the appearance that they're doing something in real time to help you. When the president has been pretty upfront about the fact, in the last week anyway, that he can't help you. Back on March 31st, when they started releasing a million barrels a day from our strategic oil reserves, the president famously told us what? He said the price was going to come down. This is March 31st. The price is going to come down, maybe not right away because the stations bought the gas at a certain number. But over time, you'll see it come down. Ten cents, 20 cents, 30 cents. Here's the president, clip 23. My guess is we'll see it come down, continue to come down. Um, but how far down, I don't think anyone can tell. And there's going to be a slight delay because if you go out there and you're a gas station and you purchased X amount of gas at a certain price, you're not going to lower the price of the pump until you're able to get back what you invested. And that I'm talking matter of, I think, you know, days and weeks. But it's hard to tell. And the other thing is, exactly, but it will come down. And it could come down fairly significantly. It could come down the better part of, you know, anything from 10 cents to 35 cents a gallon. You're not telling me the truth. Okay. Since he said it could come down anywhere from 10 cents to 35 cents a gallon. <laughs> since that day, gas is up over a dollar twenty. A gallon. Biden sucks. A dollar since again, that was March 31st. It's going to come down. Not right away, but in a few weeks, you'll see it come down anywhere from 10 cents to 35 cents a gallon. It went up. It went up a dollar 20. And what did Biden tell us this week? Well, there's nothing I could do on gas. You all know that. Okay, again, he is a politician who's been in Washington since Washington. You know, they say you can't change grandpa. Biden can't get beyond the old way of being a politician in this country where you could say anything you want on Tuesday because nobody will have a record of it on Wednesday. Okay, we don't live in that era anymore. In Biden's head, saying on March 31st the prices are going to come down isn't a liability if they go up because in Biden's head, we're not all watching tape or listening to tape of him saying that, which is why it made perfect sense for Biden to get out there and say you can't take immediate action on gas. This is what he said this past Monday. This is, excuse me, this is after a guy, this past Friday, this is after a guy just told you in a previous clip that he had taken immediate action. And the immediate action was going to lower prices. Now he's telling you with a straight face, you can't do anything. Here it is, clip 21. We can't take immediate action that I'm aware of yet to figure out how we bring down the price of gasoline back to $3 a gallon. And we can't do that immediately with regard to food prices either. We're in a situation where, you know, because of a war... And uh, in Ukraine, gas prices and food prices are extremely high. You told some of the biggest lies that I've ever heard of in my whole life. 
Think about this. Those prices were going up 14 straight months before Ukraine. Okay, has Ukraine exacerbated the problem? Yes, but we're only in that position because of what Biden did here at home in relinquishing our energy independence. Do you understand? We're only in that position still because we just spent $40 billion in Ukraine to keep the war going. If Ukraine is the biggest existential threat to our economy, shouldn't we be doing more to end the war? But of course, that's not really their priority because they want to be able to blame these high gas prices on Ukraine because as long as the gas prices are out there, they're hoping it'll create some type of momentum to move you over to electric cars. Now, I understand, you understand, if you don't have $5 for a gallon of gas, you don't have $57,000 for an electric car. But the Biden administration isn't really concerned with your well-being. They're concerned with their own. They want what they want. Okay, so Biden, after telling you March 31st prices are going to come down, we just took bold, aggressive action, is now telling you we can't take action. There's nothing we can do. This is no differently than when he ran for president saying, I'm not going to shut down the economy. I'm going to shut down the virus. And then what did he tell us December 24th this year? Hey, there's nothing the federal government can do about the virus. We just got to learn to live with the thing. Okay, again, he is living as if there's no record on Tuesday of what he said on Monday. You and I know the truth, and that's why this is so infuriating. And when they go back to, you know, the Defense Production Act and Chinese solar panels, that's being done to create the illusion that they're helping. But do you understand the Chinese solar, solar manufacturers are the ones who make all of this money? Telling China, hey, here's a bunch of money. We're upping the Defense Production Act. Here's billions and billions of dollars from our government. Can you make some solar panels? That doesn't lower the prices of gas today. Doesn't lower the prices tomorrow, the day after that, the month after that, the year after that. But it does get China richer than they already are off of our tax dollar, which is why Corinne Jean-Pierre was asked by Jackie Heinrich, how is this not a gift to the Chinese Communist Party? Here it is, clip 29. How is this not a gift to Chinese uh, solar manufacturers, who many of whom operate with forced labor and are subsidized by the Chinese Communist Party? Um, so, you know, today's announcement is about one country and one country alone, and it's about the United States. It's about the re reliability of our power, of our power grid. It's about reducing cost uh, for American families, and it's about enabling uh, domestic solar manufacturers to move forward uh, with their projects. The actions that we are, we are currently doing is being applauded uh, by members of Congress, by labor, by climate groups, by U.S. CEOs, and domestic solar manufacturers as well. You're a bald-faced liar. A Okay, understand the question, how is this not a gift to the Chinese Communist Party? Did she answer the question? The answer would be no. She didn't answer the question. It is a gift. You can say all the words, salad. Climate, domestic solar manufacturers, they're not getting the money. China is. Okay, affordable costs for families. All of those things sound good. Do you understand? This is why they speak the way they speak. It sounds good. You know, this is no different than January 6th. We're protecting democracy. So let's get rid of the Electoral College so your vote doesn't count in the middle of the country. Okay, they say one thing and they dress it up really well. Like the Democrats would have a bill called Save the Puppies. You know, and you're like, wow, I got to vote for Save the Puppies. And then you read two pages of it and you're like, wow, they're killing all the puppies. This is crazy. But if you vote against it, they're like, he voted against Save the Puppies. <laughs> it's crazy. But that's what you're dealing with. But here is Morgan Artagas. 
She was on Special Report last night. And uh, I'm shouting her out for two reasons. One, uh, her and I were in the green room today before I went on the Faulkner Focus. And we had a wonderful conversation uh, about all the TV we've gotten to do together over the years, which is fascinating. I'd love to give you access into my life. I want you to experience everything I do. Uh, maybe not my 20s because that was a little rowdy. I don't know that you could all survive it. Uh, I'm still not sure I did. Uh, but here's the thing. What Morgan Ortaga said to Brett Baer last night is a truth, okay, she was a State Department spokesperson under Mike Pompeo, and she is very keenly aware with international relations, and she's speaking about the fact that Biden had previously banned solar panels from China. So we had banned solar panels from China. Now we're back to buying them from China. This is clip 30. Just last year, this administration banned solar power, solar panels that are made in China. Why? Uh, because they mostly come from the Xinjiang region, um, which are where we know slave labor is happening, a genocide, as declared by President Trump and Mike Pompeo. Uh, Secretary Blinken said in his confirmation hearings and at the beginning of his tenure as Secretary so of State that this administration would lead with human rights. But when you are potentially making it easier to import solar panels that are made through slave labor— uh, that is not putting human rights first. And she's telling you the truth. So we're going to go buy human <laughs> human rights abusing slave labor solar panels from China. We're going to do so at the expense of our economy. And it's going to do absolutely nothing to help you at the pump. But what they hope, again, is that the pain becomes the point and that you ultimately get upset enough with these gas prices they're doing nothing to help you with, which will get you to switch on over to an electric car, which I've got a newsflash for the Biden administration. That idea, OK, if to put it in gas terms, the tank is on empty. It's the rock band that's being forced on the public. Joe Biden presents the electric cars. Charge all night, drive all day. An album that will leave you feeling totally plugged in. She won't start again. And I have to call the Tesla guy. Uh, I'm gonna she won't start again. The electric cars. Sure, they're way too expensive. But pretending to save the world is never cheap. Spoken. You snotty little bastard. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I'm laughing because I was talking off the air. My pal Karen out in Ohio asked me about the Defense Production Act and specifically why we haven't invoked it for the car shortage, the microchip shortage, which is what we were just saying. I was just saying this to my friend, and now I get a text from my other friend. Now, I don't know who to give credit to, but I want some of it. I'll let Dennis be the arbiter here. He's jumping in on WVMT in Vermont. Yo, Dennis. Is this Jimmy Fallon at Fox Across America? Sure is, my man. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, Jimmy. We'll see if I'm worthy again. Listen, I had solar panels installed at my home five years ago. And it seemed okay. It reduced my rates. But this winter, 
The price of gasoline went up so high that I couldn't afford to gas up the snowblower to go over and clear a path over to my solar panels or to rake the snow off off of the uh, solar panel. So there's uh, there's lots of solar panel converted former farmland here in Vermont that are similarly producing nothing at night and while covered in snow for three months. And the guy who was telling us that the Defense Production Act for solar panels uh, is needed is the same guy who's telling us his sanctions package would have crumbled the Russian economy by by now. Do you remember that? That racket? He said, you know, with the the whole point of we were told is, you know, we weren't even invoking the sanctions because they were such a deterrent that they were going to stave off any type of invasion. That's where it started. Do you remember that? And uh, then, of course, it happened. Yeah. Uh, Now it's a game of whose economy collapses first. Yep. And this is what's so crazy about it, is if we're being told this war is the reason everything's so expensive, shouldn't we be ending the war? Shouldn't we be trying to broker some type of a truce instead of just shooting more money out of a T-shirt gun into Ukraine? This is madness. But I don't think, Dennis, honestly, I don't think they care in the short term. And I think they're taking a losing bet here that the American people are going to forgive them for this. Because I don't think most of us care about the environment on the level that they think we do. I, I just don't. Jimmy, tell me my call was worthy. <laughs> you tell Wayne and Garth you guys were worthy. Are you coming to the Spank Puppy June 17th? The last time we left off, you were. I think you promised me a beer last time I called. Whoa, so, whoa, uh, whoa, whoa, you know, whoa. You, we can collect it. We can collect uh, right. at the Spank Puppy. I, I, I don't know that I had consented to buying, uh, <laughs> but you know what? It's the least I could do, Dennis. All your calls are worthy. The least I could do is buy you a beer. So I'll see you in a few weeks. But great call as always. Tell Wayne and Garth you are worthy. Brian Brenberg, also worthy. He is an econ whiz at the King's College, a Fox News contributor, the host of Fox Business Tonight. He is stopping by in the next break to throw the challenge flag and review this Biden play next. Reality with a bit of insanity. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You know when, like, the Mercury space capsules would come back to Earth and they had to, like, pull the astronaut out of the ocean and stick them in, like, some type of review, like, quarantine thing to make sure they were on the level and they didn't get, like, radioactive and weird? We're kind of doing that in my studio right now because this next guest just got back from the woods of Minnesota where he was (laughs) filling in for the Unabomber, fishing, and you got to see the FedEx budget on this next guest. (laughs) A Fox News contributor. He is hosting Fox Business Tonight. Tonight, Brian Brenberg, back from the woods. Hey, man. You know, just because I have a few fires when I'm out in the woods doesn't make me the Unabomber. Is, is that right? what we're calling them now? <laughs> Why do these fires exclusively? Bonfires. Yeah. Bonfires. Uh-huh, that seem to exclusively occur in people's mailboxes. <laughs> Brian the Unabomber Brenberg. I, I think it's great you think people have mailboxes out there. That, that's what I really like. <laughs> well, it's funny, like, uh, you know, where Jenny's parents live in the rural part of Ohio you know, it is so spread out that there isn't a mailman walking around. Like, he pulls up in a car and right. throws it in a thing. Right. But I came from the opposite of that. I grew up with, like, real mailmen who would come by and, like, drink a beer with your dad. <laughs> I mean, I grew up in the 80s where there was no surveillance of, like, government employees, so they'd drink eight beers with your dad. 
<laughs> Next thing you know, you're playing wiffle ball against the mailman. <laughs> no one's gotten their checks for weeks at a time. It was a better time, Brenberg. It was it a better as, time. It wasn't as organized, but you know what? We weren't all a slave to the algorithm the way we are now. Yes. They, and that's they, they did the same thing to society they did to baseball. When they moneyballed baseball with all yeah. the sabermetrics, they ruined baseball because it now caters to people who can't play it. Right. They're like, well, this guy can't hit. He can't throw. But he doesn't bat into double plays, so we need him to bat third. We're like, what do you mean? He never gets a hit. He can't catch the ball. No, no, but he takes a lot of pitches, and he never bats into a double he's play. He's got like a quarter tool. You know, he's a great player. <laughs> quarter tool guys are what we want. This is what they did. The nerds reconfigured society to make it look like they were good at all the things they were bad at. That's what we're doing now. We've moneyballed America. And it's killing me, Brenda. It's so true. I'm not happy. And then get out there with a straight face like Biden was out there yesterday. You're an econ guy. Said the economy's working. I'm reading a poll that says 8 in 10 Americans think the economy's <laughs> really bad. So in what world can this sabermetrician That's right. Billy Bean his way through the teleprompter It's all, it's all it's money balls. Don't worry about inflation. Don't worry about gas. As, <laughs> as, as long as a bag of chips that you buy at a corner grocery store hasn't gone up by more than 10 cents this no, year, no, you're, good. you're great. No, no, you don't right. understand. It's good. You, you, you gotta like you gotta make the world upside down. To live in Biden's world, you just gotta flip everything upside down. But it's like the nerve, the term we use, like we say hotspot in New York, the hotspot. Like if the Democrats, I mean this, if they were running the Titanic, they would be handing you in the lifeboat a brochure for the next cruise. Like, wasn't this great? We hit that iceberg dead center. You know, I mean, you know, we didn't I'll, veer I'll left tell you or the right. Republicans don't hit icebergs like this. <laughs> Biggest no. iceberg anyone's ever hit. Never mind that it's only there because of climate change. By the way, can you donate? I know you're a little cold right now. Maybe you warm yourself up by giving us a little greenery for the scenery. It's, oh. it's, it's shameful, Brenberg. It, it is crazy. And I got to tell you, like, we talk about these gas prices all the time. You got to watch coal and natural gas right now because they're not even talking about that. Yeah, never. They don't but, talk about diesel. But about it's, you know, people think if I go get in my car, I'm going to pay a lot of money. Just wait till you crank up the air conditioner. Oh, it's bad. They're... It is very bad. These power plants, like, they can't get natural gas, they can't get coal. It is. This is the next thing that's coming. This is going to be the conversation when we get into July. Wow, that's crazy because the other July conversation the fellows have been having is traditionally this is when we fill up the oil tank, the home heating oil, because you get it cheap in uh, July. That's not going to happen this year. No, That's an old suburban thing. Like June comes and you buy a full tank of oil because you're like, ah, it's so cheap. It'll be right. better than the winter. Well, it, that's when all these power plants are supposed to be building up their supply, supply of yeah, this yeah. stuff. So it is cheap, but that's not going to – no way. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. There's gonna, it's gonna, bonfires in the living room at the Fail House. I'm, <laughs> he's going to be chopping down oh. all the neighbor's trees. Hey, we had a nice oh. elm tree yeah. in the uh, yard. All, all we need is another FedEx from the Brenbergs. <laughs> we got all the fire we need. The Ted Kaczynski of cable news, Brian Brenberg, joining us in studio. So exciting. Yeah, that won't stick. Don't worry about it. You're too nice. Uh, by the way, what is the solar emergency? Because Karen Jean-Pierre could not articulate what it was. Is there a solar emergency? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like, you is know, someone's stock portfolio down and we need to make I, some money back? You know, now, I, now I think you're on it. I mean, you know, everybody's like, you know, my gas prices are too high. My oil prices are too high. And so they got an idea. Solar. <laughs> I'm hearing the American people. There's an outcry for Defense Production Act on solar. I mean, it's a, it's a great non sequitur. You know, yeah. you look for great non sequiturs in life. You mm-hmm. got one right there. But it, it, I feel sorry for, you know, she's trying to 
play this press secretary role. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you do it to begin with, She's but so that binder is not working for her. <laughs> <laughs> she she going to the binder, and it's like the binder can't help you on this one. Think, think about this. I've seen comics imagine this. I've seen comics like let's say it's literally Seinfeld yeah. is dropping into the Gotham Comedy Club to work out new material. It's, there's a possibility that if he shows up to your show on a Tuesday night unannounced, you didn't, like, pay to see Seinfeld, okay? He just walked in and gave you, like, a life highlight. Wow, right, I met right, Seinfeld. Right. Chris Rock might do this, mm. okay? They have a notebook on the stage because they're literally there gracing you with their appearance, and, and, and they have their notebook because they're working out new material. There will still inevitably be someone in the audience who's, like, offended. Like, oh, he brought his notes. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, you're getting a life experience from a mega celebrity, but yet I get people are still bothered by notes. Now imagine... Imagine the husband of the White House press secretary who's showing up with the notebook, like you said, and not answering questions, just reading, which is what he's doing. Thank no, you. Not on this page. Back. Ah, oh, you know, I'm not having anything to say about that. Like, you're the press secretary. You got to have something to say We're about that. We're this close to her Googling and being like, you know, I don't get Wi-Fi in here. I'm going to have to get back to you on that. Got the iPad up there. Uh... It's crazy. But they're overmatched. It's like if this was boxing, and it's not, but in boxing as a corner man, you would stop this fight. You'd say this administration is is in danger to itself going on at the rate that it is. Well, it's like, you know, it's it's like you're punching yourself, basically. Yeah. I mean, this isn't even the other guy taking it to you. This is this is you just like roundhouse coming right back around in the face yeah. and then days looking down at the notebook to figure out what to do. <laughs> We're talking to Brian Brenberg. It's not pretty. Um, are you uh, out in Minnesota? Are you guys still selling the black market baby formula <laughs> that Krista was telling me about the last time you guys were over? Uh, it's the best you can get. It's yeah. the best you can get. Yeah. That, uh, like, you know, Minnesota, I mean, uh, there's a lot There's a lot you can do in the woods. There's mm-hmm. a lot that you can make happen in the woods. Baby formula, fires. Uh... It's not regular Abbott, though. It's Jim Abbott, the old Yankees and Angels pitcher. <laughs> Remember Jim Abbott? I love Jim, Jim Abbott. Jim Abbott, who's one of my favorite Yankees ever. Um, really an inspiring story. If you didn't follow baseball in the mid-early 90s, Jim Abbott had technically one arm yeah. and threw a no-hitter. Yeah. And this is why I was so fascinated by Jim Abbott. He could do that pitching motion where he switched his glove from his, you know, from his throwing Amazing. hand to yeah. his throwing hand. Yeah. Okay, so he'd have it and be in a position to field the ball and could field like an animal. It was, was phenomenal. An, no, it was great. I mean, uh-huh. it, it got, you got to go watch the video of yeah. him sealing the deal. But what's so funny is we spent the whole 80s trying to get a pitcher who could field the ground ball. And we, we didn't have one. But then Jim Abbott shows up with one arm, and he's great. He's the best. God love you, Jim Abbott. Wherever you are, the, God love you. The Jim Abbott rookie card. Yes. In 89. He was an was angel, like the, I believe. He was, but he had a, Michi- it was a Michigan, yes, a Michigan uniform. I remember, that. I remember that card? Brian Brenberg knows baseball cards. I know baseball folks. cards. That's, that was a great card. That's a great, that's a great. Watch him close out that no-hitter. I mean, it's just a fantastic Well, the Yankees video. had this run of, you know, we had the David Wells perfect game, the David Cohn perfect game. But then we also had a couple of weird no-hitters where, like, you know, a guy could let up, like, seven men on base, <laughs> like four walks, a hit batsman, three errors. The final score of the game was 9-7. <laughs> They're like, he threw a no-hitter. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. It's not quite the same. You know what I mean? But we had those. We, all, we once had, if everybody wants to know how bad it got for the Yankees in the late 80s, in 1988, the anchor, Andy Hawkins, once famously Andy threw Hawkins. a no-hitter and lost to the Chicago White Sox <laughs> because Jim Lairitz, I believe, was the left fielder and made an error oh. at the time. It was like not even Jim Lairitz. It was like Dan Pasqua. It was like a late 80s Yankee. But the point is Andy Hawkins threw a no-hitter and lost for the Yankees. That's uh, crazy. It's you know, very hard to do. I, you know, I think I saw this stat the other day. Nolan Ryan took something like 31 no-hitters into the seventh inning over the course of his career. That's I think some, somewhere around th- I mean, isn't that amazing? Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I mean, his most impressive feat, Nolan Ryan, if we're going to do baseball, is when Ro- young Robin Ventura, then of the Chicago 
a White yes. Sox charge the mound after getting hit by a pitch and got beat up by Nolan Ryan. It's like a White House press conference. I mean, that's basically, like, we're going to charge into this issue. Nolan Ryan of life just grabs you, you know, straight to the face. I just never forget Chris Berman saying, uh, never, never fight a man who wrestles cattle. That's what he said about Nolan Ryan. And that's why I never mouth off to my father-in-law. The guy wrestled cattle. That's right. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't have to go to the gym. He could just probably tear you in half. You forget gyms. You know those, like, turn-of-the-century strongmen who can rip a phone book in half? <laughs> right. They don't, ever, they don't even look strong. They're walking around in those singlets, though. They can rip a <laughs> I'll lick any man in the house. Now you got to fight John J. Sullivan or whatever John L. Sullivan. It's a mess. Oh, so a you get image. it. But, yeah, the, the, the whole thing right now, the whole thing, while you were gone, while you were away in the woods That's doing right. what you do, and I know you're, you know, Fox Business tonight, and it's, it's tonight, and it's happening, tonight. and people are going to be there, is the whole thing has just devolved into an exercise in either, A, telling people that not to believe their lying eyes, or B, you know, it's somebody else's fault. And I bring it full circle to this. Biden on March 31st, if you remember when they were releasing the strategic oil reserves, we play a quote on the show where he's like, oh, the prices aren't going to come down like immediately, but they're going to come down 10 cents to 35 cents a gallon. I know. <laughs> no, I know. He's pointing at his watch. So now they're way up. But he said last week, he's like, well, you know, there's nothing I can do on the gas prices. <laughs> and I just I want to ask you this, because my theory is, I mean, again, he's a guy who's been in Washington since Washington. Yeah, you know what I that's mean? Right. We're not talking Claudel. We're talking George. <laughs> OK. And he's been there for a long time. And I think he spent most of his career politicking in an era where what you said on Monday wasn't recorded for people to right. watch on Tuesday. Right. Do you think it's that simple that he doesn't hear himself or isn't aware that the rest of us do? I think he does live on that that kind of model where I, I can say something in the Senate uh -huh. and by the end of the week, nobody's going to it's going to be recorded somewhere. Nobody's ever going to read yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But. But, you know, when he when he did that 180, he was he was so impressed with himself that yeah. it was going to be 180 million barrels of oil. Yeah. And the immediate response from everybody watching who's thought about this, it's not going to work. Yeah, yeah. It's just not going to work. It's yeah. if it works at all, it'll be in the very short term, but it's not going to work in the long term. Yeah. And he went exactly opposite of that. And now here we are in the intermediate term. 491 oh. national average. Do you know most of these gas stations don't even post prices? There's just a picture of the sex act you'll have to commit <laughs> to pay for gas. Like if you go to the West Side Highway, they used to have like dollar amounts. Now there's just pictures. I can't hieroglyphics. This yeah. is how we're communicating. <laughs> like, oh, this is not good. Did Exxon open an OnlyFans? What's going on here? <laughs> Jenny, this is expensive. Can we walk? I'm telling you, it's bad, Brenberg. I'll let you get out of here. You got to host a business show while we're both still employed. Oh. But I do love talking to you. Welcome back. I'm glad the feds haven't caught up to your, your mailing fraud Well, they're situation. probably gone after this show, thanks to you. <laughs> I just outed our guy. Do <laughs> I get on. the reward money? Come yeah. on. How does that affect, really quick before you go, you know all that reward money? Is, does inflation affect that? You know when it's always like a $5,000 reward? Is it now Nobody's turning in anybody anymore. They're like, 10 grand. Ah, I can't even fill up. You know, I can't, can't even do fill it up. anymore. Yeah, what's the five grand going to give me? A half a tank of gas? I'm a long-haul trucker. It's no good. You know what? I'm going to let the guy roam free. That's right. Now we can't even. This is unbelievable. What's the world coming to? Brenberg, he will tell you what it's coming to at 5 p.m. tonight on Fox Business. We're back after this. A show so good, it's frightening. I got scared. I dropped my hot pocket. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Man, you can watch tonight with Kennedy on the Fox Business Network. Some of you don't know this. I mean, I used to be the head writer for the Kennedy Show. Uh, frequent on-air contributor to the program. She's actually the human who gave me my 
start here at the Fox Empire. Uh, her booker, booker saw me in a comedy club downtown at the Gotham Comedy Club one night and was like, hey, uh, you want to come on uh, TV tomorrow? And I kind of thought he was kidding, but I pulled up in my taxi and did a little TV, went inside and watched Libertarian Kennedy yell about all the government spending in Washington. Thanks, big government weenuses. It was a night to remember, and it kind of started this ball rolling. Uh, and here we are, uh, building this little multimedia mom-and-pop showbiz empire. Things seem to be running well, but the country's a mess. It's gotten so bad, in fact, that we're bringing in a Canadian to try to clear things up. Robert is on the line in Montreal. Robert, I hope you didn't bet the Edmonton Oilers. I hope they want, would have won because it was the uh, last Canadian team standing. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, they didn't. No. What can we do? Nothing. I mean, what listen, can we do? Nothing we can do. We can move on. We got. We'll fight. We'll live to fight another day. But your concern is not ice hockey. What was your concern? Well, baseball. But we're not here to talk <laughs> about baseball. So, <laughs> I want to say a couple of things. That Jimmy, this I am a first-time caller, and I am a short-time listener. I recently just picked up your station. I don't know how, but oh, cool. oh I also listen to WVMT whenever I'm in the car, and there you are, and and. Uh, I think you have a fun and it's a, a informative show, but thanks. it's fun. And oh, I thanks. think that's what separates you from a lot of people. Well, thanks. I'm trying over here, and uh, I will definitely stick with these drugs then. If you think it's working, well, I'll tell the should. dealer. Yep. It's Thank fun. It's, it's fun and you're funny, but you're not as funny as me. But I'll, but oh, I'll give you Robert, a- throwing down the gauntlet. Go ahead. I'm kidding. <laughs> but I'll, I'll I'll give you more uh, more time to prove me wrong. Um, I want to want to say one thing that I've noticed. You've been You've been saying lately, and, and a lot of people, that it's, you know, the, the country is fed up. The country is listening. Uh, we're on the verge of, uh, ch- you're on the verge of changing things. But I got to tell you, unless the media stops lying to people, mm-hmm. you're only going to reach the people that are open minded. And unfortunately, a lot of people uh, are not. Mm-hmm. And if the my, my my feeling is it, even if the Republicans win in the midterms and they get back the White House, uh, I think that's unfortunately only a short term reprieve because unless things change in the schools, mm-hmm. unless kids are stopping taught to hate America, stopping taught that uh, everybody is a victim, the victim mentality, mm-hmm. uh, I I think it's the next generation that's going to be in trouble. And so while you and I may be okay, uh, I'm, I'm fearful for the kids. I'm nervous for the kids. And unless, so I think a bigger focus has to be to look at what the, the next generation is being taught because the truth is they're not prepared for real life. No. They don't know how to balance a checkbook. They're not taught how to read and write and well, math. And nobody in Congress, by the way, knows how to balance a checkbook, to be yeah. fair. It is a mess. But... but but they don't have to worry about that because they're in Congress. They have a lifetime gig, yep. really, I mean, with, with, with all the extra perks and stuff. So I, I just wanted to say that uh, I, I really hope the Republicans win, not because I'm a right-winger or mm-hmm. I want Republicans. You give me a Democrat that has common-sense ideas, if he's the right person, I'll vote for that person. Dig it. doesn't matter to me. No, good. I mean, listen, so, I feel the same way. If you listen to the show, I mean, I know you said you're a short-time listener, which doesn't surprise me. No one sticks around for long. 
But the truth is I root for the country a lot harder than I root for any particular party for that reason. It shouldn't really matter who's in charge if things are working. The point we're at right now is that, you know, as you realize, things aren't working. So we definitely need some type of a leadership change. Listen, I'm going to lose you because the show's over. Uh, but I, I would talk to you all day. This was a lot of fun. Anyone, anytime I can get someone as funny as you on the line uh, to give me pointers, uh, it's helpful, uh, especially early uh, in the week when I can build on your lessons the rest of the way. I, Robert, will, be a friend. Listen, yeah. I'll send you jokes. Thanks, I'll buddy. I, I, jokes. God knows I can use them. Thank you, buddy. Have a good one. There he goes. The great Robert in Montreal, Canada. Just a laugh riot, by the way. I mean, hold on to your hats. That was crazy. Uh, but we're talking about, you know, the curriculum and what kids are being taught. It is true to say that there has been like almost a dereliction in duty when it comes to preparing kids for the real world now. You know, all of the coddling and silliness that we see. I say this all the time. You know, I always thank God for what we would call Southern rednecks because they're the only ones raising tough kids anymore. You know, I say like if ISIS shows up tomorrow, you're not calling Hudson, Hopper, and Zane. You're calling Bobby Joe, Bubba, and Cletus, and they're going to take ISIS out using rifles they got for their 10th birthday. That's how it's going to go down. The redneck babies are going to take on ISIS, and the hipster babies are going to battle the evil forces of gluten. So if you're down there in the South raising a tough kid, I thank you. Robert thanks you from all the way up in Canada. The show is over. I am out of here. Check me out on Kennedy tonight. We're back here to do the damn thing again tomorrow. Until then, you can be a Republican. You can be a Democrat. Just don't be a... Listen to the all-new Brett Bear podcast featuring Common Ground, in-depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Bear favorites like his all-star panel and much more. Available now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.